Welcome to Tales from a Bibliophile, a bookish podcast about all things reading and the communities that books create. We're so glad you're here. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast again. I'm super excited. Rachel from Avid is back. Hi, Rachel. Hello. I'm super excited. We're going to talk about a few books that have either just come out or coming out this fall that are good fall energy setting, fall vibes. So we have several good ones. Rachel's got a few that she's read and is recommending, and I've got a few that I've read and are recommending. So I think there might be something, a little bit of something for everyone. Start with um, the new Anne Patchett that's called Tom Lake. And I have read Patchett for years. I've never read anything by her. Okay. I know. It's yeah. Wild. It's crazy yeah. because she's everywhere. She is. I heard her at a book conference years and years ago mm-hmm. talk about driving herself to all of her events when she was an unknown and how she would drive thousands and thousands of miles oh, yeah. in her car. And it was it was very cool to hear her talk about just working mm-hmm. it. And I, I really like her books. But I haven't been, I haven't fangirled over a book mm-hmm. that I, like I'm doing with right. Tom Lake. Okay. Tom Lake is a book that is written during the pandemic, but is unlike any pandemic book you've read. It is a mom and her three daughters back at their farm, their okay. cherry farm. Oh, and the girls are all grown and they come home to help the parents because it's pandemic. What else mm-hmm. are you going to do? And the mom slowly tells them while they're picking cherries the story of her love affair with a famous actor okay and it's a a family story that everyone has known Mm -hmm. but the mom has never told it from beginning to end and the play our town is practically a character in the book oh i love when stuff like yeah because i i wasn't super familiar with our town ann patchett is not a mother okay but she writes mothering and those relationships beautifully. Interesting. And Tom Lake was delightful. The, the name of the book comes from a summer resort where you go to do plays, so like summer stock oh, plays. So cute. it's you, you go to Tom Lake to perform yeah. Our Town, for example. Yeah. Um, but it's just a superb story. It's, it's a story of family and belonging and it's it's a recollection of a woman's life, but it also has like real life current events that oh, okay. are nice. So highly yeah. recommend Tom. Lake. And that's hard to do, like to do to write a current events, especially with events as big as what have happened in the last couple of years. Exactly, um, it's I, hard to do that well. I don't I don't want to give anything away, but a recent Supreme Court decision. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> but it, it, it's in the story as something that happened in the probably 70s okay yeah and so tom lake is delightful cool i'm very excited about that yeah i've never read her i've heard so much about her i have this one i think is an advanced reader copy though so oh I good i have to go back and and i did not like the cover at all yeah, until doesn't well i guess maybe if, until you read it well no even after reading it i didn't like the cover and then ann patchett revealed the very famous painting that that the cover is from so y'all have to google tom lake cover okay. because it is a famous painting that was painted to go in a room and there was a piece of furniture in front of it and so part of the painting is not done 
Oh, wow. <laughs> There's like an empty it's square. Where, where the yes. And it was just so weird and odd. Yeah. And, and so I now like the cover. And I love that too. Somebody like Ann Patrick who's been writing forever probably has significantly more control over her covers. Right. Um, but I love when there's like an actual story behind a cover versus yeah. just kind of a... Um, That's what they picked in the focus group. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, great. Well, I'll definitely have to pick this one up. Um, it sounds... I do... I love... I love family stories where like someone in the family is explaining a story that like hasn't really like everyone's kind of known but it is never then this is perfect you have to read this um cool okay i'm excited i think i have it on and i just finished well i'm reading one book but i just finished um most of my books so that would be a fun end of summer beginning of fall for you and it came out uh august 1st so it's out that one is out yeah some of these are out we're gonna let you know which ones um but a couple are out already and then we'll let you know when when they're coming out. Um, okay, so the next one is Time's Mouth. I've seen all over Avid's uh, Instagram. You guys were really excited about this one. I'm excited. I have a, I think I got an advanced reader copy in print and in audio. So Oh, nice. Oh, I'd be, I'd yeah. love to, you tell me how the audio okay, is. Yeah, I, um, I've been on an audiobook kick again. Sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not, so... Um, you have to be in the mood. Yeah, I definitely do. So Eden Lepucky, this is her third book. She is a California writer. Her books are very California. Um, in fact, her first book was called California. And we hosted her at Avid in Five Points for her second book, Woman Number 17, which was great. Uh, Eden had a project during pandemic called Mothers Before, and it was a Instagram channel that asked people to submit photos of their mothers before they were mothers. So she curated these photos and the stories behind Mm -hmm. the women, and then she put it into a book. I I fear that it's one of those books that people didn't discover because pandemic. So I like to kind of talk about it when I can. So she did do that. And then Time's Mouth is her third novel. It is, again, a California novel. And... A lot of it is set in Santa Cruz, and I spent 10 years in Monterey across from the Santa Cruz yeah. Mountains, so I really, the the organic forest, you know, parts of mm-hmm. California are a big part of this book. This is a weird, weird book. I was going to say, <laughs> I kind of got that vibe from the, um, yeah. from the summary, even. Um, yeah, it's pretty bananas. The cover is pretty bananas. Um, it is a book about people who can time travel. Mm-hmm. Um they can kind of time travel back into their memories and that's a fascinating concept she does it really well she very much um you know it's a book about women there is kind of a pseudo cult and i love a cult yeah (laughs) i don't know what it is but yes yes i read um i've always been interested because i love true crime but i read godshot by Mm -hmm. um Chelsea Beaker a couple mm-hmm. years ago and ever since then I've just been like I need yes please <laughs> I need all of the weird cult books yeah so the way she, the way she does the cult is is very cool and um this is a book about you know f- fractures in families mm-hmm. and hard relationships with mothers um and it's not necessarily a happy book, but it's really interesting. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Especially like, I don't know, when you read so much, it's it's fun to find something that's a little bit different. Totally um, like different. Style. Yes. And there's so much time travel 
in books, but like the the idea that you you're only time traveling into your own memories is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's really great. And we hosted an event with Books and Books in Miami um, f- with her mm-hmm. in a discussion about this book and. She she talked about how you know the present day parts of the book was very much um, taken from her life as mm-hmm. a kid growing up in L.A. Yeah. and then the dad in the book um, gets into some really weird psychoanalysis that kind of has to do with the time travel. And her father actually was really into it, so oh, cool. it's kind of fun to hear the personal. Yeah, I love um, hearing them. But this is a bananas book. We're reading it for Hot Fiction Book Club right now. Nice. Um, and so it'll be fun to discuss this with a room full of people. <laughs> I'm going to ask you now, because I'll forget afterwards, What when is Hot Fiction? When's Hot Fiction at Avid Bookshop meets the first Thursday of every month, Thursday. and we meet 6.15 to 7.15. Okay. I'm always trying to make it, and I've never... Yeah, never and we love for people to pop in. Um, yeah, this would be a fun one to pop in on. Yeah. Cool. Yes, I'm very excited about this one. And it's I haven't seen a ton of buzz about it. Um, I've seen it all over Avid stuff. Yeah, Good um, Morning America. It's it's hit us a, a couple of okay. People magazine, I think. Okay. Um, you just never know where those yeah. are going to go. Yeah, and if it's not a um, a well-known author or if it's a little bit different, sometimes they don't always make the very obvious. Like, you know, Ann Patchett made, like, that one is right. the new Reese Witherspoon or whatever. Right. Um, but people should know Eden because she's yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've never, i never heard of her, so I'm excited to dig into um, her previous ones too. Good. Um, okay, so the next one that is also out, one I just finished reading, it's called The Invisible Hour. It is Alice Hoffman's new book. Alice Hoffman has been around forever, but this is actually only the second book I've read by her. Um, it seems like a lot of the premises of many of her books would be kind of up my alley, but I've only read Practical Magic which I read because I loved the movie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually prefer the movie, um, which does not always <laughs> happen. But I will um, I will give the caveat that the reason I prefer the movie is because I really love the aunts in the movie, mm. and they are not in the book as much. But it is a series, and each generation has a different book. Oh. So I haven't read the book with the aunts in it, and so I might have a different opinion once I read that one. Yeah. Um, but this one... Is also kind of a weird book. Um, it's about a girl who is raised in a cult. Um, her mom gets pregnant at 16 and isn't supported and kind of runs away and ends up in this, they call it the community. Um, but her, she, Mia, the main character, in her teenage years, sneaks into the library when they are out selling at the farmer's market. And so she reads all these books and they like open up her world because she's been raised in the cult the whole time. And so the books start, it's a, it is a beautiful, I just finished it last night, so I'm still marinating on it, but it is a beautiful love letter to books and the way that books change your life and open up your world to possibilities that you don't know. In fact, but the, so like the first part is her, she escapes the cult. And the first part of the story is her kind of getting settled. Um, the librarian is the person who takes her in. Um, so it's really sweet. And she, the last book she reads before she leaves is The Scarlet Letter, which gives her sort of the biggest confidence boost to leave. And so the second part of the book is Mia ends up back in time and meets Nathaniel Hawthorne. Time travel, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, it's a time travel story. Um, She goes back in time and meets Nathaniel Hawthorne. They have an affair. I don't want to give too much (laughs) away, but they have an affair. And she, like, ends up 
being like partially the inspiration for him writing the scarlet letter so it's really interesting i've actually never read the scarlet letter um you haven't i haven't oh my gosh the big reveal somehow it missed me you didn't have to study it like the rest of us well i was homeschooled in high school so i got to pick more what i wanted to read um for a lot of those but i this book did make me want to go back and read the scarlet letter so that was fun that would be a good one to discuss. I it think would. people would have strong opinions about that. I could see that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was sweet. It was definitely very interesting. I don't know that it would be a book for everyone, but it has it's a great book for fall. Like it's very it's set in like Boston, um New England area, both in like modern day and um cuz that's where Hawthorne is from. And so it's set in that area and it's got like the little bits of like magical realism and I don't know it's just it's a very a lot of it is set during fall anyways Mm -hmm. um the community uh cult that she grows up in um does a lot of apple picking so there's a lot of like apple orchard and stuff like that but yeah it was it was definitely interesting I'm glad I read it it was very intriguing I'm still marinating so we'll see how I feel about it soon but that one is out already and it was definitely definitely interesting if you're looking for something a little different I'm going to pick up on the apple farming. Yes. Because the the next book we're going to talk about is the new one from Daniel Mason, and it's called North Woods, and it comes out September 9. And it has a whole chapter about a farmer, an apple farmer, who creates an amazing, delicious um, breed of apples. Mm -hmm. North Woods is the story of 400 years of a house in Massachusetts in a forest. And some people have said it it kind of is reminiscent of the overstory. Um, Also for me, it was reminiscent of uh, Lincoln and the Bardo, George Saunders, because this book is told through many, many different types of literary forms. So there are songs, journals, um, true crime, uh, you know, reporting, Mm One chapter is a doctor's medical notes on a patient. Daniel Mason is a psychiatrist who is at Stanford. And so I've read some writings about this book, and he has never put the mental health like he's put into this book. I, I realize now I read his book, The Piano Tuner. It came out in 2003. Okay. So if you, you may have read, he's been writing for years. This book, I really believe is going to be one of the big, big, big books of, mm. of 2023 because it is just haunting. And it tells the story of all the people who lived in the house over 400 years, and yeah. they are connected in certain ways. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. You know, there's a Puritan uh, couple. There's an English soldier. A soldier. Um, there are a pair of spinster twins who speak from the dead. Um, there's a painter. There's a, a you know a love story and an illicit love story. It's just magnificent. And he wrote the sections in the months that they are. So oh. if he's writing a, about April, he actually wrote it during the month of April. Interesting. So it's very earthy and organic and it's beautiful i'm not crazy about the cover i was gonna say the cover is not again a discussion of the cover cover, yeah covers are so interesting because like you don't always have control over them i get a lot of people don't realize that like others often don't have control over them and they can weirdly make or break 
I know that's scary. Yeah, it it, it is. It's really odd. Um, a lot of and a lot of people, especially book people, say you know don't judge a book by its cover, but we do, and it's very easy to do, especially if you're just browsing. Like it's easy to overlook something just because it like doesn't right. appeal to you. And and I don't even know what kind of animal cat is on the yeah, cover. I don't know. It's like a weird mix of several, um, it looks like. And for someone who loved this book, I can't recall that being in the book, but yeah. it probably is. Yeah. So. But it's interesting that, like, the thing on the cover is something you can't recall. I know. Like, it what, should it be an apple or right, a house? It obviously wasn't. Yeah, it's interesting that the house is not, yes. like, because it sounds like that's kind of the main focus. Testing. It does sound really interesting, though. Um, I think I went and found tried to find advanced reader copies of the ones I didn't already have. So I'll definitely jump on that one too. I haven't read a lot of books that have the different formats, um, mm-hmm. but the ones I have read are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, except for House of Leaves was really hard, broke my brain and I didn't finish yes. it. Um, <laughs> that one seems like an extreme version of that format though. Um, so yeah, this sounds great. I've never, heard, this is another one I've never heard of. That's one of the reasons I love having you on. At oh, least yay. half of the ones that you talk about are ones either authors or novels I've never heard Yay. of. Yay. So. And I did just find a Lit Hub article about the cover of Northwoods. Oh, yes. So y'all feel free to so find go, that. Yeah, go, go, uh, <laughs> go research that one too. Um, maybe it'll give some insight. Um, I'm going to write that down because I am interested. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the next one is the new Warren Groff, which I'm excited about. Oh, I love, wow. I Yay. love Warren Groff. Yeah, this is going to blow you away because... I have had people talk about Florida author Lauren Groff, and maybe they didn't love her Fates and Furies. I was going to say, she's got a few that are so, so different. different. Like, I loved The Matrix, which it was, was very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lo- So I feel like what she's doing with Matrix, she took that and even went further okay. as far as historical. Right. Um, so it's extremely far away from Fates and Furies. Yeah. Um, which was a big sweeping love story told from both sides, oh, okay. the, the husband and the wife. Yeah, that's one I haven't read yet. So The Vaster Wilds, again, it's kind of similar to, to Northwoods in that it is. Um, it starts in 17th century Virginia in a colonial settlement, and it's a young servant girl who escapes. She has been brought okay. from England to the New World. It's kind of around Jamestown. Mm-hmm. And... It is a, a a weird book. It is it is a book where you will be confused for a nice portion of the first half, <laughs> but it's beautifully done. It is a book about survival. It's a it's a book about one soul trying to survive. It in very subtle ways comments on what the colonists are doing to okay, yeah. the new world, but it is not the usual right book. So it's going to challenge you. Yes. And that one comes out um, the 12th. It does. September 12th. Yes. Yeah, I loved, I haven't read Fates and Fury, but I loved The Matrix. And I feel like that's one, do you know when The Matrix came I feel out? like it was during pandemic. Okay, that's why I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, I feel like that's one that was kind of hot during the pandemic. And I that's it when I easy got it to, and read. Yeah. Um, this one is, is harder to read. I think it's because it's so much smarter and, and higher lit. Yeah. <laughs> and as a, not an English major, oftentimes I feel like I'm not as, I'm not as sophisticated a reader, um, but it's, it's worth reading and it would be a great one to discuss. It's really yeah. different. You should read her short stories, um, oh, Florida. Short stories. Her okay. short stories are called Florida and they're all 
beautiful. Okay. Yeah, I think Vaster Wilds, I think, is also going to get a lot of buzz. I'll be, I'll be curious. Yeah, that will be interesting because it... Um, it's not a happy book. <laughs> yeah, which is okay. I yeah. like... It is... They're not for everyone, but I like... Often the not happy books make me think a lot, mm-hmm. um, which I like. Okay, so the next one is one I also just finished yesterday, but I love. You were um, on it. I was on. I was like, <laughs> I am going to talk about these. I need. To, I'm so close to being done with both of them, but it's Starling House by Alex E. Harrow, and Alex E. Harrow wrote Ten Thousand Doors of January, which I have owned and not read for a long time, <laughs> and then she also wrote Once and Future Witches, which I haven't read but got a lot of buzz. And then the other thing she wrote that I did love and did read was A Spindle Splintered was the first in a duology of a, she called, it's called the Fractured Fables duology, but it's a Sleeping Beauty retelling. Um, It's a queer Sleeping Beauty retelling that has disability representation in it, which was Mm. uh, great for me. I'm always looking for disability rep, but um, so Starling House comes out October 3rd. Um, It is a gothic fantasy, which is all up my alley. Um, Gothic lit is my favorite thing, so I was all over it. I did the audiobook of this, and it was really good. It does have two perspectives, but one of the perspectives is only there sometimes. Mm. But it's about this girl named Opal who is – she's probably in her mid to late 20s. Their mom died, and she's raising her teenage brother – but she has these dreams of this house in town that she's never seen or never been in. This house is very, it's like a haunted house of like the, the community. Like people talk about it. There's like all these mysterious rumors, but nobody knows anything about it. Um, and so Opal has all these dreams about it. And one day she stops by, like she was obsessed with it a lot growing up. And then she sort of stops by again on the way home from work and scrapes her hand on the gate and it like opens for her. Um, And so that's just sort of the beginning of, of the story, but it's really interesting because it's got a lot of commentary on, it's got a lot of social justice commentary kind Mm. of woven in. Like it's not the story, but it's, there's several different aspects. I love that. It makes social justice accessible. Right. Yes, exactly. Truly should impact all parts of her life. Right. Exactly. And it it talks about like her brother, um, her brother is mixed. And then, um, the very first owner of the Starling house, the person who built the Starling house, there's a lot of commentary on her story of being, because it was like in the 17th century or something when it was originally built of her being like married off so that her fortune could be accessed and like there's also the the town is pretty much run by this one rich family who owns like coal and energy stuff and so they're trying to get rights and access to the land that the starling house is built on so there's like that added aspect of it it's got a lot going on but it's pulled together very well and it's just a really interesting is it present day it is present day Mm -hmm. yeah and then so it's got a little bit like if you liked if you like alice in wonderland it's got a little bit of that vibe because she has to go so under the house is our monsters um, <laughs> our like beasts and so she the house is like a, it, it's very much like a haunting of hill house vibes like it's it's kind of haunted but it's also like the house is kind of alive it's really it's just a really fun like it was so right up my alley but it's really fun but she has to go like in towards the end she has to go into what they call the underworld which is like under the house and she has to like um figure out how to 
protect the house but also protect the people like around her mm. um i don't know it was fascinating but it's a really great audiobook um as well too i did um it was one of the libra fm uh oh fun advanced listener copies mm-hmm. um but i'm excited to go back and read once in future witches was never really on my radar just because the synopsis seemed like a lot mm-hmm. which i can see this the starling house kind of being the same way for some people um but it, it sounds fun. It, yeah, it's fun, and it pulled pu- it pulled together really well, um, and so I'm excited to go back and try to read Once in Future Witches because I think it'll be based on this one. I think I would really like it. She's a great writer too. Yeah, she's written a lot. Yeah, she writes a and she writes primarily fantasy, and so speaking of fantasy, the last one is Bookshops and Bone Dust, which comes out in Nove- November, November seventh. It is the prequel to Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry, which a ton of people loved. Um, it's described, Legends and Lattes was described as high fantasy, low stakes, mm. which is perfect um, and is perfect for this one as well. This is a prequel to Legends and Lattes. So Legends and Lattes is the story that sort of happens after Viv, who is an orc, sort of retires from battle. And so this one, Bookshops and Bone Dust, is sort of the prequel right as she's starting to become like a mercenary. And she is in one battle and gets injured. And so she has to sort of hang out in this town while she heals. And she's very disgruntled and uh, (laughs) real mad that she can't like just go back out and be in battle. And she makes friends with the, I cannot remember what it is, but it's not a human, the creature that owns the bookshop and she sort of helps them fix up the bookshop so it becomes more popular friends and she sort of settles in for a little while and realizes that she doesn't have to only be like a battle warrior mm-hmm. um, but it's cute it's very cozy what i love to refer to as cozy fantasy mm-hmm. um, but if you loved legends and lattes this one is for sure worth the read and you actually could read if you haven't read legends and lattes yet you could read this one i was first. gonna ask yeah, could it, it be could you read it first yes absolutely yeah um it does not it is a true prequel there are maybe one or two characters that are in legends and lattes but it doesn't spoil anything because mm-hmm. legends and lattes happens i would think that'd be after. hard for an author to do i know yeah i am always impressed when people go back to write a prequel because you have all of this sort of knowledge of the world that you've already created it would be like i feel like somebody like jk rowling or rick riordan writing a prequel to like those series where it's mm-hmm. like there's so much especially with fantasy there's so much that you have to build you'd up have to, to chart it out on a spreadsheet yeah. so you yeah, wouldn't exactly. <laughs> ruin so it yeah um it's definitely it's very cozy if you're looking for something that's very cozy and like fall um when it gets chilly outside and you just kind of want to curl up inside it. and if you like books it's um it's great because it's set in a bookshop it's very funny. It's the high fantasy, low stakes is very much true here too. It's got a lot of like fantasy characters and creatures, but it's not it's not like a high fantasy story where you have to like like I love fantasy, but I have a hard time with high fantasy like keeping up with things and keeping everything in my brain. And so this was really fun to kind of get that little bit of fantasy without having to... A little more relaxing. Yeah, take notes while I'm reading it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> try to remember everything. But yeah, um, it, I'm excited for people to get their hands on it. Yeah, the first book was a big 
big fun staff pick at Avid yes. Bookshop. So uh, we yeah. have a few booksellers who have read the second one and yeah. are super excited. And I did the audio on this one too, and it was really fun. Yeah, um, good, great, good narrator. Yeah, great narrator and a great. You know, some books lend themselves very well to being audiobooks, and this is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. The story is just very fun and like enticing you want to keep listening but it's not stressful (laughs) um it's a good one to do if you're on a commute or something like that because there's not a ton like if you sort of zone out for a minute you're not missing right like a huge aspect of the story which is often why i don't do fiction um when i'm driving like i'm doing a nonfiction right now and i was like oh this helps a lot because i definitely zoned out (laughs) and i like tuned back in and it's like oh i didn't miss a major plot right like i'm gonna be confused right um, as I keep going. So that's November. This is November, yeah. But I need to back up for October, The Comfort of Clothes. Oh, we did. We yeah. missed that one. I didn't yeah. have it in my paper. No um, worries. Yes, go back for that one because no I'm excited worries. about that one too. Yeah, yeah. So there's a book coming out October 24th. It's called The Comfort of Crows. It's a book of essays by Margaret Wrinkle. And we are lucky enough to host her before mm-hmm. the book's coming out at the Athens Public Library mm-hmm. on Baxter Street on October 16th. It's a seven o'clock event. It's free and open to the public. Margaret Wrinkle is an op-ed writer for the New York Times, and she writes books about the seasons and nature. I feel like organic yeah. stuff has been the it's theme. Kind of been the theme, yeah. yeah. Um, and she wrote a best-selling book called Late Migrations that a lot of people loved. I was say, that one sounds really. Familiar. It's got that yellow cover. Um, Ann Patchett called it a howling love letter to the world. Oh, that's great. So this book, The Comfort of Crows, A Backyard Year, is a book you can dip in and out of. It is um, her observations of the flora and fauna in her neighborhood in Nashville. During the pandemic, she talks about a pond and the pond disappearing. She talks about the birds and the frogs. And it's, it's, it's a book that will make you stop and just pause in your daily life and it's okay you know to stop your crazy errands and you know look at a look at what a cicada the cicadas are everywhere now they are they really are they're everywhere and if you get a chance to stop and look at one they're beautiful they're fascinating my um co-worker has a bunch of their shells that have ended up isn't that fun to collect yes yes so margaret wrinkle please tell all your friends who love to garden and and um she's going to be at the library october 16 before this book comes out we'll sell it there the comfort of crows it has beautiful illustrations done by her brother billy so that's kind of cool family affair yeah that is sweet i um I love that. I have been venturing more into sort of nature-y books lately, too, so it'll be fun to yeah. to my list. It does seem like the, the theme was sort of um, the outdoor world or nature. I wanted to look up Great Migrations because it seems, I think you'd recognize the cover. Yeah, it sounds really familiar. And um, it might have been, I'm trying to think of who the publisher. It's Margaret Wrinkle. Mm-hmm, R-E-N-K-L. She lives in Nashville, oh, yeah. so Ann Patchett yeah. is her her bookstore is yes. Patchett's Milkweed. Milkweed published late yeah. migrations. Yeah, that, that cover does look familiar. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, I've been talking about. We ended up talking about bookshops um, that were owned by authors. That's been a recent theme too, because we were talking about. I can't remember who I was. Oh, the audiobook episode I just did with my friend Austina. I was talking about Jenny Lawson's books. And yes. She has a great bookstore. <laughs> yes. Um, in Texas? Yes. 
I think so. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, and then we were talking about, I was talking about Books Are Magic with a coworker, mm-hmm. um, which is Emma Straub, which is just seems like the coolest bookstore. I it's really cute. I haven't been to New York I've since been to I, the original yeah, one. Yeah, I haven't been since I learned about that. So it's I'm real cute. really excited for that to be on my <laughs> list the next time I yes. go. Um, so then, yeah, Parnassus is, um, is Ann Patchett's. Okay. And then Birch Book. Birch Bark Books is owned by, and I've been to that one in Minneapolis. It's owned by Louise Erdrich. Okay, yes. We were talking about that. I didn't know know the name of it. We were talking about that because our adult book club at the library, our next read is The Sentence. Oh, Um, cool. That's a good one. Yeah, and I saw it on the... The shelf, and I was like, Ash, are you guys reading the haunted books, the haunted bookstore one? And I was like, this is fun because she actually owns a bookstore. Yes, it's it's um, the it's exactly the type of bookshop you think she would yeah. own when and you I walk love in. Because you get to see their personalities and like like Jenny Lawson's like nowhere bookshop is exactly the type of bookshop I would expect from Jenny Lawson. Yeah. Um, like if you know anything about her, her like covers of her book all have taxidermy, mm-hmm. like animals on the cover. It's so funny, um, and it's just her. It's a weird vibe bookstore. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to. That should be a visit. bucket list: yes. is visit all the it stores owned by yeah, authors. Always, oh, I, Judy Bloom owns one too. Does she really? She owns one of uh, the divisions of Books and Books. Oh. In Key, I think it's in Key West. Okay, that's lovely. Yeah, um, yeah. I always visit libraries and bookshops when I go to new places, but I don't think I've specifically visited any of these. Um, well, you've got a task. I've got yeah, now I have a task. I love doing the new ones. Um, or when I go to different cities, I love seeing them. So, well, thank you so much for joining Oh, it was my pleasure. Always fun exciting. to be here. I love, rec- I think I said this, but I love having you on because you always pull ones that I Yay. haven't come across yet um, for the most part. So there were several of those today. Thanks so much for listening this week. Be sure to rate and review and tell a friend about the show. You can find us on Instagram at Tales from a Bibliophile. The Instagram has links for lots of our other cool things like Libro FM and Bookshop.org. Email us at Tales from a Bibliophile at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. See you next week. <laughs>